This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. We hear a lot of bad news about demonstrations demanding the end of the coronavirus stay-at-home policy and Trump tweeting, liberate Michigan and liberate Minnesota from the public health policies required by the virus. But there's another story. The crisis has created a new sense of solidarity all over America. For that, we turn to Katrina Vanden Heuvel. Of course, she's publisher and editorial director of The Nation and a weekly columnist at the Washington Post Online. We reached her today at home in Manhattan. Katrina, welcome back. Thank you, John. I hope you you and yours are safe. Well, thank you. You live in New York City, which has been, of course, the hardest hit of all American cities. More than twice as many deaths as from the 9-11 attack already. But there's this scene every night on the streets of New York. Seven o'clock is when the shift changes at hospitals, when medical workers who've been there all day emerge from the, the disease war zone into the open air. Tell us about seven o'clock in New York City. I was sitting reading one after what seven o'clock one evening, and I heard the sound of cheers and clapping and clanging, a kind of standing ovation, if you will, for the first responders, for the doctors, the nurses, the custodians, the cooks, and other healthcare workers risking their lives to save thousands of lives. And it was such a reassuring sound, John. At first, I didn't know what it was. And in New York City, you know, you never know. And it is such a reassuring sound at 7 p.m. because the city's quiet, is very quiet. I'm sure your listeners have seen these photos of empty, empty canyons. And you often hear just the piercing wail of an ambulance or a fire truck. So these sounds are signs of life. Amidst death, as you said, New York City is the epicenter. New York is, I think, has more deaths than any other country. So this is really powerful. And I will say that you know, we all know that the pandemic has exposed, cruelly exposed, the pre-existing weaknesses of our health system, our political system, our economic system. But at the same time, it has, as I write and I feel, generated a new sense of solidarity. And in that spirit, it's very encouraging in terms of what might come out of this, John, because we don't know when that will be. But you're a historian. In so many other horrific moments in our history and other countries' histories, it required a crisis to bring about a more radical change. If you have the conditions, if you have the movements, if you have the solidarity, if you have leaders. And so in that spirit, I'm moved by what I'm seeing in New York, not just as I say New York, around the country and the world. Yeah, I was talking to, uh, I was trying to set up a, a FaceTime visit with a, a friend who lives on the Lower East Side, and she said, well, it can't be at 7 o'clock because that's when I go out and bang on my pots with all the other neighbors. But as you say in your new column at the Washington Post online, it's not just cheering. Americans are also taking action that expresses this new kind of solidarity. Uh, let's talk about the action for a minute. So I love that, you know, Staten Island, uh, one of the great boroughs, complicated boroughs, of, um, you have undocumented, undocumented women who've lost their jobs, sewing face masks for workers on the front lines of pandemics. You have Sikh temples uh, mobilizing their communal kitchens to prepare thousands of meals for seniors and other vulnerable people. And restaurants around the city, John, you know, are donating food, are donating pizzas and more to healthcare workers with no time to leave their hospitals. So it's, it's New York, but it's also 
New Jersey. Uh, college students are filling in for Elderly Meal on Wheels volunteers. Michigan, school buses have become food trucks. Uh, around the country, uh, our sports correspondent, Dave Zirin, I didn't report this, but sports arenas are converting to help and become hospitals and with workers. And Chinese Americans, John, who are facing threats of violence, faced heightened violence and hostility since the pandemic began, since xenophobia has been unleashed, raising money for life-saving medical equipment. So what's important is it's not just the cheering, which is inspiring, but it leads to acts and it leads to actions. I do love the story. Uh, Nation editor Don Guttenplan is in London as we speak. And he had just, I think they took a break from their Seder to hear what I report in the column, which is the clapping. It's weekly clapping, interestingly, in Hmm. the UK. And it's clapping for the National Health Service. And it's no longer just about volunteers. When they asked for 250,000 volunteers as part of like the ovation in Britain, they got 750,000. But there was something called 1 million claps, which just raised some 5 million pounds for the NHS. So that's powerful. And our copy, our, our senior editor, Ron Carey, as you know, is in Spain. We got a multinational team here. And in Spain, as in, I think, in Italy, this is where the clapping on the balconies, the cheering began. And in classic yes. uh, Italian fashion, they're lowering food baskets from windows to workers. So there's a lot happening in terms of the solidarity that one hopes and seeks coming out of this. And of course, all of this is happening without the kind of national leadership that the times deserve and require And that makes these more grassroots uh, efforts and efforts in our big cities all the more, all the more important because we're not getting anything that we need. We're not getting what we need from from the White House. If I had to describe the daily press conferences at the White House, the rallies, the rallies, there is such a lack of compassion from the president. It is a measure, I think, of how solidarity is bubbling and building up outside because we're not seeing it. Now we do see it. Let's be honest. I mean, we've talked a lot about this, John. It's not just the president. We've kind of ignored and tried to avert our eyes from some of the cravenness and rank uh, venality of this president, but governors are showing some leadership of compassion, mayors, even down ballot, so to speak, local officials. And I do think, and I wrote this in the column, I think it's um, vital that there be people solidarity. I've always believed in change from the bottom up and solidarity from the bottom up being met from above. But this solidarity is a supplement. It's not to supplant the role of government. And I was on, we started a breakfast series at the Nation, John, uh, noon on Wednesdays for the West Coast participants. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) We had the co-chair of the Progressive Caucus, the second largest caucus in the House, Pramila Jayapal, the terrific representative from Seattle. And she spoke so eloquently in concrete, accessible ways about some of the legislation, which if we could pass, would make an enormous difference in the lives of the most vulnerable unemployed, like Paycheck Protection Guarantee. And I will say the other part of solidarity that moves me is that there is a solidarity around ideas that were once considered marginal, but at times 
even before crisis, but certainly a crisis, move to the center. Because as someone wrote, reality endorses them. Reality endorses these ideas. And I'm thinking of Medicare for all. I mean, think of what a country we would be if we didn't have this fractured, balkanized healthcare system. And I'd also think that the existential crisis of climate has to be amplified in these times. And a Green New Deal is not just grappling with that crisis, but it's also putting people back to work, which is going to be so critical, John, because we're looking at Great Depression figures. And it's, um, it's frightening. But it's also, I think, if we have leadership and ideas moving in new ways, as I said, out of crisis have come some real possibilities in this country's and world's history. So in New York City, seven o'clock every evening, when the hospital shift changes, you hear the banging, the clapping, the roar of the crowd shouting out their thank yous to the healthcare workers. Walt Whitman wrote, I hear America singing. I guess that's sort of what it's like. Katrina Vanden Heuvel, read her at the Washington Post online and at thenation.com. Thank you, Katrina. Thank you, John, for you and for Walt Whitman. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.